Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. My name is Mark Striegel, and we are continuing our coverage from the Rock Derby, which took place in upstate New York in a town I cannot pronounce, uh, S-H, no, I'm sorry, S-C-H-A-G-H-T-I-C-O-K-E, shitty coke, New, Jer- New York. Uh, New York. So I don't know what the, what it was called. Um, Scott Ian made a joke on stage that, it, that he couldn't pronounce the name of the town either and that it sounded like shitty Coke, New York to him. So there you go. And speaking of anthrax, we have Charlie Benante from Anthrax on today's episode. Again, this episode, uh, or this interview that we are doing on this episode was recorded at the Rock Derby which took place outside of uh, Albany, New York, about 30 minutes away from Albany, in the middle of freaking nowhere, uh, like on 4-H farm fairgrounds. And it was great. Five-finger death punch. A day to remember. Hellstorm blew my mind. They were so good. Um, Coheed and Cambria, Megadeth, Anthrax, Extreme. Funny thing about Extreme, uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but very low attendance uh, i mean at their at their performance sebastian black p- played right before them and the place the the stage they played on was packed uh, anthrax played right after them the place was beyond packed for anthrax but um yeah it's weird when extreme played the place kind of cleared out of you know there were three stages at this thing so you could go to any stage you want and that's the second time i've seen that with extreme i saw them uh 
at Heavy Montreal, and it was the same thing. So I, I it is interesting that they keep getting booked at these fest, festivals because I really don't think they have much of a fan base left. Just an observation. I was never a big extreme fan. I think Nuno's a great, great, uh, great player, but um, never, never a big fan myself. But um, just being honest here, maybe their fans just don't like festivals because it's the only two times I've seen extreme in the in recent years were at these festivals. But anyways, Rock Derby, yeah, great stuff. Megadeth played 6 a.m. 6 a.m., you know, I'm not an enormous fan of 6 a.m. myself, but the place was going nuts for them. People love 6 a.m. And, you know, it's cool to see an icon like uh, Nikki Six up on up on the stage at these festivals. Uh, Ghost was great. Coheed and Cambria, Seven Dust, very impressive. Trivium sounded absolutely insanely good. So many great bands at this thing. Um, too many to name right now. Dokken, wow, loved Dokken. Unfortunately, like a storm canceled. Um, but lot, so many great, great bands played this thing, and it was so much fun. It uh, took place uh, May 20th through May 22nd. And um, the same people who put this uh, thing on put on uh, the rock. Uh, truck food carnival thing that I reported from oh, less than a year ago. And they're also doing an, uh, another festival in New Jersey, which you got to come to, guys. Uh, this is your time. Come to the Garden State and check this out because it, uh, it is insane. Twisted Sister, their final show will be at the Rock Carnival in Lakewood, New Jersey, and this carnival goes from September 30th through October 2nd. Again, the final Twisted Sister show. I hope to be there. Also, some great Jersey rock will be on the bill, a.k.a. Overkill and Monster Magnet. You got to love that. Ace Frehley will be playing. So a lot of great New York and New Jersey rock on this uh, three-day festival at the rock carnival festival and again that's taking place september 30th through october 2nd it's the same people who put on the uh the rock derby festival which i was talking about earlier and where today's interview with charlie benante was recorded and we're going to get into that in just a just a minute charlie says some great stuff about the great eddie kramer producer who worked with everyone from Ace Frehley to Jimi Hendrix to Led Zeppelin to Anthrax. Uh, he says some cool stuff about Cliff Burton, too. So stay tuned for that, guys. It's a short interview, but fun interview with Charlie. Um, wanted to mention, yeah, Ace is going to be a part of the festival that Twisted Sister is uh, a part of here in New Jersey, where they are going to do their final performance. A lot of people, you know, John my partner here on Talking Metal, who's been, you know, quite absent. It's no, since episode 500, he's only been on a handful of episodes, really. Love to get him back in the loop, but he's busy and, you know, I don't know. I, I dig where the shows went without him, quite frankly, too. It was fun having him back on 600 and reminded me of what the show maybe once was and maybe once will be again. But I, I'm moving ahead. I'm having a great time and John will definitely be, hopefully on more shows going forward than he has been for the last hundred or so episodes. Having said that, uh, don't expect him to be on every show. I don't think we'll ever have that ever again. But hey, he's uh, he's the guy I started this with. He was an enormous part of the first 
first 400 episodes, I'd say. And he works with Ace, you know, and again, Ace is part of this uh, festival where Twisted Sister will play their final concert. And a lot of people, because I know John, have asked me, oh, I heard uh, Ace is going back into Kiss. You know, Paul and Ace are friends again. There's going to be a big reunion. I even heard Keith Roth on Sirius Radio say there was big speculation that Ace would be joining Kiss for a tour coming up. Guys, there's absolutely nothing that supports this. I had heard somebody tell me it's a done deal. Ace is back in Kiss. Um, I asked John. I said, "Have you heard anything about this?" No, he has not. And this is uh, Ace Frilly's personal assistant and uh, tour manager, John Astronomy, aka Ostrowski. He does. He doesn't know anything about it. Eddie Trunk said on his podcast, "Ace knows nothing about it." And just uh, last week in the new issue of Revolver Magazine, the June-July 2016 issue of Revolver, they ask Ace, it's been more than a decade since you've played with Kiss and relations seemed chilly at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction in 2014, but you and Stanley, at, at least, are clearly on better terms now. Do you think you will ever play with the band again? And Ace this is an exact quote, tells Revolver Magazine just recently, well, I'm the kind of guy who never says never. It hasn't been discussed, so we'll have to wait and see. But only time will tell. The ball is in Paul and Gene's court. So let's review that. It hasn't been discussed with Ace, okay? So maybe Paul and Gene have discussed it amongst themselves and are thinking about doing approaching Ace, but as of, as I can tell you with absolute certainty, as of, let, let's say, two weeks ago, it has not been discussed. You can quote me on that. And you can quote Eddie Trunk. Just listen to his podcast. He said something very similar. He said, I'm always the last to know, is what Eddie Trunk said. Um, and he tells Revolver Magazine, real clearly, it hasn't been discussed. So there you go, guys. All right. So having said that, Again, my wife and I had such a great time up at the Rock Derby. Um, she got to interview Avatar, which was on uh, the last episode. If you haven't seen, listened to that, go back and check it out. There's pictures of Avatar in the show notes for the last episode. And in today's episode, we're going to have pictures of Anthrax set at the Rock Derby, taken by Emily Striegel. And we're going to have pictures of the Anthrax Derby car, which... Uh, was part of the you know part of this festival was they had a smash up derby and Anthrax had their own car that got smashed up. So did Halstorm actually. I think Halstorm actually won the derby um, on the night they played. So there you go. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into some music right now here on Talking Metal. A song they did not play at the Rock Derby. A song that I don't imagine they would ever play with Joey Belladonna because John Bush does the vocals on this one. This is a great Anthrax song. I love this. Safe Home.
Safe Home by Anthrax, one of my favorite songs from the Bush era of, of Anthrax. And I really like the Bush era of Anthrax. However, I'm definitely more of a Joey guy when it comes to Anthrax. And no disrespect towards John Bush, because I just love, love his voice in Anthrax and Armored Saint. But to me, the, the, the true voice of classic Anthrax is and has always been Joey Belladonna. And uh, having said that, let's hit a song that they played. This is the Joe Jackson cover, Got the Time. They played this at the Rock Derby. Right after that, we'll get into my like seven-minute interview with Charlie Benante, which took place in a barn at the Rock Derby. Here we go. Got the Time. Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. We are here at the Rock Derby, and we have Charlie from Anthrax joining us right now with a quick checking in with us. How are you, Charlie? Hola. I'm good. So you guys have the Anthrax Derby car. Are you aware of this? I saw a picture of it, but I haven't sat in it yet. I, I, I hope it does some damage. You're not going to be driving it? No. <laughs> they haven't asked us to do that. Cool. If we were driving the car. Yeah. I would love to see one of you guys driving the car. Uh, we had you on recently. We, we talked all about the, the new record, which is called For All Kings, an amazing record. Can we expect a lot of new songs in the set list tonight at the Rock Derby? Um, probably three songs. 
probably three, but I can't say for sure, but definitely two, maybe three. Yeah. Cool. And one thing we got into on the last podcast was your guitar playing and, and how you write a lot of these these great classic riffs. And one thing we didn't touch upon is that you've actually played guitar on some, some Anthrax yeah. tunes, right? And I know you played on the, uh, you played quite a bit of guitar on the Stomp 442 record, but have you played guitar on other Anthrax records? I, I mean, I've played on Sound of White Noise, I've played on worship music, I played on this last one for All Kings, so I, I always do the acoustic stuff on the records, um, and some of the more guitar, like textured type of things, like the end of Blood Eagle Wings, that little guitar section at the end, that's me. Um, yeah, just things in there, leads sometimes too. Kind of a random question. I wanted to just quickly talk about Among the Living, uh, amazing record, one of the classics when it comes to metal. Um, in Scott's book, he talks a lot about how um, you guys had the world-famous engineer and producer, Eddie Kramer, on that record. And it, it seemed like, like maybe he didn't understand Anthrax at first when he entered the studio. That's the vibe I got from Scott's book. What, what vibe do you... what? What is your take on the whole Eddie Kramer not understanding Anthrax's sound when you were in the studio with him back at that time? Well, the reason why uh, we wanted Eddie Kramer to be in the studio with us and produce our record is because he was Eddie Kramer and what he had done previously. He's, he's been on some of our favorite records. So when we went in the studio to start working on things, we wanted him to bring the Eddie Kramer that he brought to those other records. Uh, but I, Eddie had a different thing in his head. He wanted to move more towards the 90s sounding. Um, and I think he was looking... You mean the 80s probably, right? Well, this was 1986, so he was going oh, for... He was going for... Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he was looking more for like a Def leopard type of thing, but that wasn't us at all. So we butted heads in the beginning of it and then once he understood we wanted him to be Eddie Kramer, then it was fine. Then it was great. You know, he, he, he made that album sound um, very much like we wanted it to sound, and it had his touch on it too. When I listen back to that record, a couple of years ago I was doing the deluxe edition of that record, so I really spent a lot of time with that record again, and I really did appreciate everything that went into that record and that includes him too he's still one of my favorites good stuff and you know that record was dedicated to the the memory of cliff burton yeah. and you know we've heard a lot of stories from scott about how close he was with cliff how, how close were you with cliff i mean whenever we would see each other it was it was definitely a good hang and everything like that um of course, if, if, if it was nowadays, we'd probably be texting each other and, you know, stuff like that more so. But um, Cliff was always a very down-to-earth dude, you know. And sometimes he would come out with stuff that was very funny and, like, you wouldn't expect it. And it's just uh, kind of just this kind of different sense of humor. But he was a great dude. And for me, at least, he, I always thought of his bass playing as... Uh, very orchestrated, like how he would play, and you kind of felt Cliff, you know. If you didn't, if you didn't really hear him that well, you felt him, you know. You ever jam with him? I don't think so. But 
there may someone may have said, "Oh yeah, remember that time?" And I'd be, "Oh God, I forgot about that." I forget a lot of things. Right on. Cool. Well, you have a show coming up. We're going to let you go, but real quick, the uh, very excited about this North American tour that was just announced. Slayer, Anthrax. Tell us a little bit about that. Are you psyched? <laughs> yeah, of course I am. Um, I'm just more excited of playing some newer songs and uh, maybe put some other ones to sleep for a while. You know, uh, you know. But sometimes you can't put those songs to sleep because then, because the audiences sometimes do. They're so fickle. It's like if you don't play a one, this one song, it's like. Then you read about it, you know, well, they didn't play blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, we've been playing that song for 30 years. Maybe we could give it a break, you know? So, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Slayer, good friends of ours. Death Angel, good friends of ours. What more can you ask for? And I think as far as metal fans go, I think this is the tour that will bring people out, you know? Absolutely, and it's exciting to hear. It sounds like there could potentially be more songs off the new record for All Kings by Anthrax on the, the Anthrax Slayer Death Angel Tour this yeah. fall. Looking forward to that. Charlie, have a great show at the Rock Derby, and looking forward to seeing the Anthrax car hopefully get pretty banged up. Yeah, you're right. Can't wait. Can't wait to see that. Cool, man. Thank you. Thanks.
What you just heard was Blood, Eagle, Wings. According to Charlie, he plays some of the guitar on that. I'm guessing it's the outro and maybe the intro guitar. Um, I think he said outro guitar during the the, uh, the interview that we just did right there. So, I don't know. You know, um, Charlie, great guy. I really always like talking with Charlie. I, that was the third time I interviewed him and uh, real decent guy as far as I'm concerned. We didn't talk much about the record because, you know, I did a more extensive interview with him just a, a couple months back. So if you haven't heard that, you can go back and check it out on, on a previous podcast. Loved seeing Dokken play the the Derby. And, you know, it's interesting. I mentioned how Extreme didn't have a big fan base turnout when they played. I mean, there were 11,000 people at this thing, you know, so... You know, I would say there were less than 100 when Extreme were on on stage. You know, I, I can't remember who was playing simultaneously on the other stages, but Dokken, on on the other hand, real good crowd there watching Dokken play on the stage. And, um, you know, there's a few songs I wish Dokken would have played, like they didn't play Just Got Lucky, for example, but they did play a, a good mix, and it wasn't just the old classic stuff. You know, they played... Uh, stuff throughout their catalog. And I give them credit for that because like Sebastian Bach just got up there and played only the Skid Row hits, which I'll, which I'll talk about. And that actually went over really well. But Dokken mixed up uh, things up. You know, it was uh, not just the classic 80s stuff. They did include some newer stuff, including this song, Empire. This is a uh, a great song, and I, they, this, I believe, was the song they opened with. It was really good and, and made me want to revisit the song, which I just downloaded on iTunes because it's a great song. Empire, here we go, by Dokken.
What you just heard was the song Empire by Dokken. That comes off their Broken Bones record, a record which I thought was really good. I actually do like Lightning Strikes Again, which was the one previous to that. Uh, A little better than Broken Bones, but Broken Bones was a good record. Uh, Lightning Strikes Again came out in 2008, and Broken Bones 2012. If you don't know those albums, I definitely uh, suggest you check them out. I would start with Lightning Strikes Again, just personally. But uh, Empire, that song we just heard, is off of Broken Bones. Two, Two really good records. Definitely worth checking out for any Dokken fan who may have lost track of them, you know, post-1990. Uh, now, speaking of Sebastian Bach, they uh, he played, again, before Extreme on the rock stage at the Rock Derby. And he had the backdrop, which I found interesting, was his Angel Down record. You know, that was what was hanging behind him. Now, the Angel Down record, wow, that came out, I think, 2007. With, I don't have it up in front of me, but around that time frame. And that's the record that featured Metal Mike, a, a good friend of mine, on, on guitar. And um, Metal Mike recently uh, reunited with Sebastian. I know there had been some kind of bad blood there for a while, but he it sounds like that's behind them. And... When Sebastian played down here in New Jersey, Metal Mike jumped up on stage with him and they jammed some some tunes, so that's cool. And the Angel Down record by, by Sebastian Bach is a great record, if you haven't heard it. Sebastian has recently praised it and called it one of his best-sounding records. Um, and so, anyways, when he played the Rock Derby, the big backdrop, you know, behind the drum kit, hanging from the top of the stage all the way down to the bottom of the stage was the Angel Down uh, logo or album cover imagery, which looked really cool. But it was funny because he didn't play one song, at least not at the Rock Derby. He didn't play one song off of Angel Down. He just did the Skid Row hits, um, and it, it was great. Uh, you know, the, you had uh, on the side of the stage cheering him on some of the fellow performers like Taylor Hawkins was there. He, he, uh, was cheering Sebastian on and guys from other bands just hanging out on the, the side of the stage cheering Sebastian on and Sebastian sounded really good. I mean, I, I, um, uh, I've had my issues with Sebastian. I've met him a handful of times and he always, uh, has not, um, pretty consistently, he's not been very polite to me for what reason. I have no idea. I mean, it's not like he knew who I was or, or had any beef with me. He just was kind of a rude individual in general. Um, so I'm just being honest. So sometimes I, I think he, he has to win me over and I've seen certain shows of him where, his vocals haven't been 100%, and I've kind of been down on him on the podcast here. Having said that, he sounded absolutely fantastic at the Rock Derby. Uh, the best I've heard him since the Skid Row days, honestly. Really, really good. And got just really felt, felt at it, man. I mean, him, he, him blowing through these old Skid Row covers, he just sounded really good. And it was, it, I really, really enjoyed his set at the Rock Derby. And Going back to the Angel Down record, I, I would have actually enjoyed a song or two off of that. That was a, a good record. And uh, we're going to end today's show with a song. 
that he did not play at the Rock Derby off of that record. This is called A Bitch Slap by Sebastian Bach off the Angel Down record. And this song, of course, features Sebastian Bach's friend Axel Rose doing some of the vocals with him. This is called A Bitch Slap by Sebastian Bach. We'll talk to you next time, guys. Please support Talking Metal with the PayPal tab on TalkingMetal.com and use our Amazon links to link over to Amazon. I appreciate all the support. All right, later. A bitch slap. find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader